Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Tuesday, April 23rd. Adam, Dave, and Jamie here. Read in some emails later at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're going to talk about the NFL draft, but we've we really talked a lot about the draft, so I want to get to some of Jamie's sleepers, breakouts, and busts before everything goes haywire uh, with the draft on Thursday. I'm really excited. I think this is a very intriguing draft. I wish there were I wish there were a little bit more uncertainty with the number one pick. Feels like it's going to be Kyler Murray, but hey, why? No, there's a ton of uncertainty. I don't know. I mean, I, it seems like most people. And I'll get my water bottle. Except for Pete Prisco. No, there was a, a mock draft done by, uh, I think, 32 writers in the NFL and the LA Times. And uh, Kent Summers, um, who covers Cardinals in Arizona, did not take Kyler Murray. There, there is a uh, very strong consensus of NFL people that do not think Kyler Murray is going number one. Really? Draft people think Kyler Murray is okay. going number one. Now, the Cardinals can obviously trade out of number one still, and Murray can go number one. Right. So. I guess I guess there's or or they could trade out of number one and still take Murray. Like what if they trade with the Raiders? If they trade out of one, I doubt they're taking Murray because unless well, I, I, I guess that's certainly a possibility. But um, I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that Kyler Murray is number one. I hope not because because I think there's a lot of intrigue in this draft. I'm really excited for it. Very much looking yeah, forward I, to if, it. If you probably polled most scouts, NFL scouts, they would tell you that Josh Rosen would be the number one quarterback prospect going into this draft if he was in this class. So it's so weird that if you just take it on its surface that the Cardinals traded up last year to get Rosen, how does that make their front office staff look that they've had to do this two years in a row? Yeah, I just think that you get – you don't care. You shouldn't care about the optics. If you have to waste two picks to get one franchise quarterback, so be it. I agree. You do what you this is do. also the same front office that fired a coach and his coaching staff after one year. Right, right. So, so if, they, made if, a mistake, if the new whatever. coach thinks that they can win with Kyler Murray, then they've got. Well, we're do going it. off of a thing that he said two years ago. No, there. What kind of an offense is is Kingsbury Kingsbury going to deploy? Is it going to be exactly what he did in college, or is it going to be something that's fine tuned for the NFL? If it's fine tuned for the NFL, I think Rosen can do it. If it's going to be strictly the spread with lots of running from the quarterback, Kyler Murray is the fit. Yeah, well, you know, the defensive guys I'm interested in, too. I really want to see where Ed Oliver ends up. He's a really intriguing prospect. Nobody like seems him. to know who the second quarterback off the board is. People are really split on Daniel Jones. And then I think DK Metcalf is a mind-blowing prospect, just so different than anything we've seen before. So... Let's get it going here, and we're going to talk about the NFL, the fantasy angle of players who could be affected most by the NFL draft. You know, like uh, if the Falcons draft a running back, it would obviously affect Devontae Freeman, that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to read an email real quick. It's from John from Columbus, Ohio. It's our email of the day. Dear Curtis, Michael, Devin, and Braxton. Those are Buckeyes. They are. Uh, I have not heard anything on the podcast, but are you guys doing the thing where your audience picks their top 10 in the NFL draft and the most correct receives a spot in your podcast league? What do you think? Well, Adam, of course. 
I'm such an idiot. I completely forgot about it. And I'm really sorry. I like to give a few weeks' notice, I guess. But really, you're you're best doing it as close to the draft as as you can. Like, don't rush to get them in. Get as much information as you can. And yes, there we go. The contest <laughs> is on. What? Don't rush to get them in. Well, I mean, people like in the past, I've mentioned the contest. People send them in the next day, and it's still like a week to go before the draft. Um, I just hope everybody hears this before the draft starts. So, yes, there's, this is the contest. We do it. Now this will be the third or fourth year. You will send me your top ten picks. I do not care which team they go to. They have to be in order, not just like the first ten players selected, but one, Kyler Murray, two, Nick Bosa, whatever you think it's going to be. And which, however many you get right, you know, and the order matters. You have to get the sixth pick right. Um, usually, usually six might get you into the league. Uh, however many you get right, if you have the most, you have a spot in the podcast league. If there's a tie, I will randomly break the tie, and I will tell you after on our Monday show. I'll probably tell you the next step because I'm not going to go back and count and read all of them. I'm going to let you do that, and if you have, let's say, like five or more, you can email me again and say, hey, check out my entry. I got this many, but we'll deal What's with that the then. What's the email? The email is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. That's the letter I, and please put, like, NFL draft contest in there, something like that, and uh, good luck to you. Give me the top ten picks in order the way you think it will go. All right, players who could be affected most by the NFL draft – what do we got, Dave? What do you think? Well, I mean, you could start in Arizona with Josh Rosen. I think anywhere, any team that's got a quarterback need, obviously you can have a quarterback that could come in and take over any point between week one and week eight or so of the season. Um, there's, a, I, I think there are a lot of teams that could add a running back. You know, we, 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 we're going to be excited about the running back that ends up in Oakland, running back who ends up in Tampa Bay. Maybe the running back who ends up in Miami, maybe we'll be kind of excited about that rookie, depending on who it is. If they take him. But there are a lot of teams that have established running backs that can add another one that could really make us sad. Here, here's how I put it to Adam. Teams that might add a running back and muck stuff up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's the list. Falcons, Ravens, Bills, and yes, even after signing TJ Yeldon, Carolina, Chicago, Detroit, Houston, Indy, Jacksonville, Kansas City could be a real they mucker. Guarantee they do. Uh-huh. Los Angeles with the Rams, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Tennessee could move on from Deion Lewis, and Washington, if they want to get a young running back with healthy knees, this could be the time for them to do it. And I'm not talking about a first-round pick running back. I'm talking about... Any running back they draft, this is a, this is an intriguing draft class of running backs. A lot of guys who can come in right away and be complementary backs, part-timers to help out a team in 2019 and maybe grow into a starter's role as the years go by. You mentioned 15 teams. That's almost half the league, and you're right. Uh, you know the, the ones, I guess, that really stand out to me would be Marlon Mack, you know, Indianapolis, because he, he has not shown to be so durable. And Mac had five games in the regular season with, with double-digit fantasy points at non-PPR, and those were his only five games with more than 15 carries. 
So when he had a huge workload, he was great. When he didn't have a huge workload, you know, sometimes there were some tough matchups, Tennessee, Jacksonville, that kind of stuff. But he wasn't that involved in the passing game. So if they bring in a complimentary back and they have Naeem Hines, yeah, I could see that being a problem. It's really, I, we haven't really talked about Marlon Mack, but so far through free agency, like he has been a huge winner. They haven't done anything. Yeah, I'd actually be surprised if they did. Again, they spent two picks on backs last year with their fourth and fifth round picks. So I don't know if necessarily they're going to go that route. Now, they did bring in Jay Ajayi for a free agent visit. I could see them signing a veteran guy once they get past you know June. Yeah. Um, but I'd be surprised if they drafted somebody because they do have a lot of other needs on defense. And then I'd say Baltimore, too, Dave. You, you mentioned them. Uh, just I, I feel like Mark Ingram is going to be the first and second down back, but will they draft a pass catcher? Will that keep Ingram off right. the field in those situations? I'm one. I'm wondering if they're going to find somebody to knock Kenneth Dixon off the roster. Yeah, again, I, I don't think they go that route either just because of what they need at the receiver spot. That's a team that's got to fill that position in a big, big way. They have two, th- well, they have two third-round picks and two fourth-round picks, the Ravens. And that's, that could be a sweet spot for running backs, those two third-round picks. They have one first-round pick. I don't believe they have a second-round pick. Uh, the Ravens. Um, okay, what, uh, what else are we looking at? I think uh, Geronimo Allison... Should be on uh, on alert. The Packers have two first-round picks. Maybe use one of them on a wide receiver. They're, a lot of mocks are going to have the Packers taking a tight end. It makes so much more sense. Well, and then I, Jimmy Graham would be on alert. Yeah, I think that's definite. I, I don't see them going receiver after they spent three picks on receivers last year. Graham was a cap casualty candidate, if I recall correctly. I didn't And I believe he him. still is. Like I think they can move on from him and... Not take much of a hit on their salary cap. I didn't include him because I don't know. Like, did he even get drafted in our latest draft? Does anybody want Jimmy Graham at this point? No. I, I think the only people that will take Jimmy Graham are the people who think that he's got a nice matchup against Chicago in week one. Yeah, which he probably doesn't. Yeah, I, no. I don't know that I'd, from a rookie perspective, you know, forget long term, but I don't know that I'd want Hawkinson or Fant going to Green Bay cause, unless they cut Graham. But he's still there. You know, I don't know. I'd take Fant there in a heartbeat. Oh, no, I would no, take no. either guy. What I'm saying, it'd be it'd be smart for Green Bay, but from a fantasy perspective, I I think no. Graham would be a hindrance to them in year one. If he's still there, if he's still there, I think if they're taking Hawker Fant with a first round pick, Graham won't be there. Jamie, do you have any guys that come to mind that could be affected? We've only really talked about it negatively. Uh, well, we yeah. How about positively? Who could get a boost? Well, I think any of the quarterbacks that get receiving help, that's a that's a first. You know, I mean, if you have uh, – again, the Ravens are certainly going to invest in receiver. I, w- I would be surprised if the Patriots didn't, whether it's tight end or wide receiver, add a weapon um, with what they've lost. You look at Tennessee, uh, that's a team that can go tight end or wide receiver depending on Delaney Walker's health. Um, again, you know, if Aaron Rodgers gets another target to throw to, that would that would help things. Yeah. but. You know, I mean, any running back that's, go, that's going to a team not Tampa Bay and, and, and Oakland, you know, that's going to be a little bit messy. They're going to obviously have teams that add those guys. Like, you know, Houston's going to probably be in the market for a running back if they're so inclined to. They probably should. Um, I, I'd be very shocked if Kansas City didn't take somebody because I don't think Damian Williams is the answer, certainly not long term, and, and obviously Carlos Hyde is not either. I think that the Vikings seem like a a pretty good bet to take an offensive lineman with their first pick. Their offensive line was really bad last year. Pro Football Focus had them 
30th in pass blocking and 24th in run blocking. So, you know, we haven't really talked much about the offensive linemen in this class, but we saw what it did for uh, for the Colts last year. Complete game changer. Now the Colts ended up with, what, the fifth or sixth pick when they traded down with the Jets. I think they had the sixth pick, and they took a, an all-pro guard. Um, but, yeah, I think the Vikings certainly could upgrade there, and maybe that helps Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. Sure. If the Jaguars go with uh, Jawan Taylor, which is um, you see a lot of mocks having that happen, that helps that offense. They can go with any of the tackles that are in this draft. Houston They'd all be improvements too. over what they have. Houston maybe taking Jonah Williams. or they, they, Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah, be nice. Right. So Please. we could come back on, uh, on Friday, our next show, and talk about, hey, good stuff for Lamar Miller. They got an offensive lineman. And then on Monday, our second show, Ooh, well, they drafted a running back at the second or the third round. So um, I don't know if they, I don't know exactly what their picks are, but yeah, you know, they they are definitely the Texans definitely a candidate to draft a running back. I will tell you what their picks are. Yes, they have two second round picks and uh, a third round pick. Okay, and if anything else, um, let me know. Just should mention that the Bears only have five picks, none in the first two rounds. So that's a team that might not be taking a running back, so that might be good for Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen. Uh, Cohen. Only five picks. Not not a lot of luxury there to spend on a, a position like running back. Okay. Oh, we should probably mention, like, Arizona's wide receivers should stand to benefit from Kyler Murray because you cannot possibly get worse than what they did last year. 158 passing yards per game. Uh, terrible, terrible number. Hey, all right. That's our segment. I I think they benefit even if Rosen stays. Just because he'll be better. And a better system. Yes. Sure. Okay. Let's talk about CBS Sports HQ. Uh, It's, well, first of all, covering the draft. Jamie will be there. Jamie will be one of many people. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, live coverage of the draft. Make sure you check it out. Download CBS the CBS Sports app on your... Amazon Fire, on your Roku, on your Apple TV, on any connected device. It's really great. If you miss old school sports coverage, you know, when we grew up, we watched sports highlights all the time, and we didn't have those fake debates and the politics and all that, the stuff that we can't stand anymore. Uh, yeah, please take a look at HQ. It's a throwback. It's sports coverage the way you remember it. It's sports coverage the way that real sports fans, like the ones that listen to our show, uh, love sports coverage. So CBS Sports HQ is headed to Nashville for the NFL Draft all three days. They're going to be in Music City with all the coverage. So here are some of the play- people you're going to see. Pete Prisco. Uh, got to get my water. Pete Prisco, Danny Cannell, Bra- Brady Quinn, Jason Lockenfor, Ryan Wilson, Brian McFadden, Jamie Eisenberg, and more. And there's fantasy content on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, you don't have to pay anything. No expensive cable package is necessary. It's all free. Uh, remember, download the CBS Sports app on your phone, your Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, whatever it is. Start watching today. And if you're in Nashville and you want to come by and say hi, we'll be at a bar called uh, the Raw Dog. Oh, fun. I can't downtown Nashville. give any details because I don't have anything, and they're not finalized. But I do believe at least once this summer there will be some sort of Fantasy Football Today live event. I don't know where. I don't know who, what, when, where, why, but listeners, get excited. We're coming to meet you. News and notes. Mississippi State defensive end Montez Sweat has a has an enlarged heart. He's a big-time pass-rushing prospect. We'll see what happens with him. 
Teams are concerned about Bryce Love's knee, according to NFL Network. He's a Stanford running back. Speedy little guy, but has some knee issues. The Bills signed TJ Yeldon. Does that mean anything to you guys? Uh, yeah, it makes a, another messy backfield. You think he plays a role? I think he'll play on some passing down situations, sure. Okay. Atlanta signed defensive tackle Grady Jarrett to a one-year deal worth $15.2 million, And we're hoping to see Travis Frederick, Dallas center, back on the field this year. He says he feels good. He does not know how his body will respond to contact. They obviously ran the ball well without him last year. Um, hey, see Zeke looking a little, uh, that physique not looking so good, right? Physique looking yeah, a little that. overweight. Yeah. He didn't look, he didn't look too bad in that little video. It was an unflattering picture of him, of Ezekiel Elliott. And then he posted a video on social media showing himself weighing in at like 230. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. Still, still worth a, you know, Early round draft pick. Yeah, I'd say maybe, so. Maybe the first round. <laughs> maybe first overall. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, all right, let's take a look at some of Jamie's sleepers, breakouts, and busts. The stories are up on CBSSports.com. And then we'll finish with some emails at FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. First, we're going to take a quick break on Fantasy Football today. Come right back after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I got two sleepers, two breakouts, two busts. Christian Kirk is a sleeper. And, yes, the offense should certainly get better. The passing offense should certainly get better. Uh, Vance McDonald is the other sleeper I want to talk about. But, Jamie, what do you want to say about Christian Kirk, who had 43 catches for 490 yards and three touchdowns on 68 targets in 12 games last year? He missed four games with a fractured foot. Christian Kirk. Well, first off, hopefully he stays healthy. Um, You know, this is a receiving core clearly that needs help. Um, We'll see what they do in terms of adding somebody there. I think they probably will. Uh, the rest of their receiving core is not very exciting behind him when you're talking about Kevin White being the third receiver most likely. So with an aging Larry Fitzgerald and an offense that has the chance to be certainly more explosive, no matter who the quarterback is, I think Kingsbury realizes what Christian Kirk brings to the table. Um, it's just, you know, targets should be there for him. You're going to get a guy uh, probably in the round eight range. Uh, I'll, I'll check to see where he went in our latest drafts, unless you have it right there, Adam. Um, but you. he's somebody that has number three receiver upside with the chance to maybe crack the top 30, if not more. Um, I, I just like the uh, the opportunity for him in this offense based on what he showed last year in a small sample size. How about in that sample size? He was a better he had better production as an outside receiver versus in the slot. Now, obviously, he didn't play in the slot that much. Larry Fitzgerald, that was his job in Arizona. And I, I, I thought coming into the draft that Kirk was going to be like a ready made slot type of receiver. And he played on the outside, and he did better on the outside. Like All of his metrics, his averages were better there than they were when he did play in the slot. I agree. I think you can draft him to be a number three receiver. And in PPR, maybe he's got a shot to make that top 24 by the end of the year. On uh, our non-PPR draft, he went in round nine. Oh, that's awesome. And in our PPR He went draft. in round eight in our PPR draft. Christian Kirk yep. went 91st overall. Take a look at this run on receiver. 
Larry Fitzgerald, 88th. Curtis Samuel, 89th. We already uh, talked to Matt Coca about that. Christian Kirk, 91st. Doug Baldwin, 93rd. Golden Tate, 94th. Sterling Shepard, 96th. So this is PPR. Two Cardinals, two Giants, Curtis Samuel and Doug Baldwin all going in round eight. And the non-PPR one, it was uh, Dave took him in round nine. And it was after um, Sterling Shepard, after Geronimo Allison, after Curtis, after Cortland Sun, excuse me. Uh, and then before DK Metcalf, Larry Fitzgerald, Deshaun Jackson, and D.D. Westbrook were the receivers that went after him. And I'll tell you what, I think, I, I agree, Arizona needs to add another receiver on draft day. And it won't slow me down that much on Christian Kirk. Maybe it hurts the upside for him to be in the top 24. It depends on the type of receiver that they add. But he, as of now, he's in a great spot to play plenty in this offense that should put the ball in the air quite a bit. The defense is going to allow plenty of points. And, uh, yeah, Christian Kirk, good sleeper. Well, let's figure out where you like him with some of those guys. Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald? I'll take Fitzgerald in PPR, but it's close. You know, I just think Fitzgerald's going to catch more passes because he will just get more targets. But um, Kirk has a chance to score more touchdowns. Okay, Christian Kirk or Doug Baldwin? Kirk. Kirk. I don't want Doug Baldwin. I took him at 93 overall. I don't really want him, but I want him at 93. Christian Kirk or Golden Tate? Kirk. I actually have Kirk higher, but that's one that'll change if Arizona adds a of high volume type of receiver. Okay. All right. Vance McDonald is a snoozer, a sleeper, just like episode two of Game of Thrones. Um, Vance McDonald is a sleeper for Jamie entering his seventh season. And yeah, opportunity for Pittsburgh. Big opportunity. You know, and uh, I think this is a team that could certainly take a tight end as well if they uh, have the opportunity to get one of the top four guys. But I don't think that that would preclude them from taking. Um, you know, a guy like Kahali Waring, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, but I, if, if he stays as the starting tight end, you know, it, it's just targets. And Roethlisberger's history has shown you that he likes to lean on his tight ends. Um, McDonald had some good moments last year, but you're taking not only Antonio Brown's targets off the field, but you're also taking Jesse James' targets off the field. And so unless they bring in somebody at that spot, um, you don't have to draft him as a starter. I think he's one of those guys you could take as a number two tight end, but I do think he could finish in the top 12. He'll feel, he'll, he'll end up playing if he, if he is the guy there, like kind of like what Austin Hooper did last year. Um, not a huge, uh, elite level type of guy, but a solid consistent producer. Again, if he in fact stays in that role, that's actually the guy I was going to ask you to compare McDonald to McDonald or Hooper. Oh, Hooper, 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 was uh, seventh in non PPR and sixth in PPR last year, which is just pathetic. But it's by default. Yeah, exactly. He caught a lot yeah. of passes. Yeah, uh, McDon- he was seventh in non PPR, huh? Yeah, he had like four touchdowns and six hundred some odd yards. Seventy one catches, which was a lot for t- I think it was the yeah, that's really Six hundred and sixty yards and four touchdowns. That pathetic year. Not pathetic. That underwhelming year made him 7th in non-PPR, 6th in PPR, Austin Hooper. So unless the Steelers' offense changes dramatically or they add just a ton of weapons, you're talking about this is what they lost in just the two guys alone in Antonio Brown and Jesse James. 207 targets, 134 catches, 1,720 yards, and 17 touchdowns. 
Now it has it has to go somewhere. Not all of it's going to be made up. Clearly. No, right. That's a thing. It's not. But it has to go somewhere. Now Juju, I don't think is taking a dramatic leap because he already led them in targets and receptions. Those touchdowns should go up. Is it James Washington, Dante Moncrief, and whoever else they bring in combining for all of that? Or could a guy who has been there now for two-plus seasons, or one-plus season, I mean, they got him at the end of 2017, if I'm not mistaken, um, does he have the chance to, if he stays healthy, be a playmaker for them? And I think the answer is yes. Would the best like- part about it is that it's, it's a late-round pick. So you'll start him week one against New England. And if you if you like him, great, you keep him. And if not, then you trade him off the waivers or trade him to somebody on waivers. You're not literally trading him. You know yeah, you saying. swap you're, you're him cutting out. Him, right, right, you're right. swapping him out for a different player on waivers, whoever the hot tight end is from week one. He's a good tight end to begin the season streaming with. Would you like to know how the Steelers' tight ends did in the last six games they played without Antonio Brown? Sure. Uh, not very well. One of them, Brown got hurt early, the game against the Patriots. I included that. Um, no tight end had more than 52 yards. No tight end caught a touchdown, except Jesse James pretty much caught a touchdown. It was ruled not a catch, and then they changed the catch rule. Uh, do have to mention, though, in those six games, that's over the last three years, Landry Jones started two of those six games. All right, those are sleepers. Uh, again, the full list is, is ready there on the website. Christian Kirk advanced McDonald. Breakouts. Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. I'm going to throw it to Dave. Do you have any disagreement here with with Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette being mentioned as breakouts? No, I understand why they're being mentioned as breakouts. I'm I'm nervous about both, but the the nervous level is higher on Fournette than it is for Dalvin Cook. I just don't know how how, how much leash Fournette has with this front office and coaching staff. How much more BS are they going to put up with? And how long can he stay healthy for? Health is going to be a, a topic for both of these guys. But at least with Dalvin Cook, we know that when he's healthy, he is the guy. Mike Zimmer wants to run the football with him. We saw him play well toward the end of last season. And he's gone all offseason. I don't think he had any issues this offseason. I'm sure he's been rehabbing. and Or not rehabbing. No, Dalvin. Dalvin. Yeah. Last year, he's coming off of a torn ACL. So that was when he was rehabbing. Now he's just you know, improving his game as much as he can and being in tip-top shape, ready to lead this Minnesota offense. As crazy as that sounds, because they've got so many other great components on the team. But this is this is where this is where the power lies in Minnesota. They want Dalvin Cook to be a big factor. So I I could see him having uh, his best year yet. That would qualify him as a breakout. Fournette, I'm I'm more nervous on. Yeah, I was surprised that you put. Fournette on there, Jamie, just because of the issues, and they have a crotchety old man in their front office who really, I think, <laughs> made a made really inappropriate comments about the voluntary workouts. Um, but obviously, Fournette is is potentially not in good graces. It he seems to slip up a lot. Uh, so well, I, I, yeah, I, I, I did surprised. write this before the traffic violation, so right. the latest transgression. At the time when I wrote this, he was off in Wyoming, which. Um, doing his training with somebody apparently he's working. I bet he was before. speeding. <laughs> um, I, I I still expect him to be the guy in this backfield, and I expect him to have a better offensive line after losing you know three fifths of their guys last year. Uh, improved quarterback play. Um, you know if he comes in in shape and stays healthy, we we've seen what he's been able to do when he's on the field. He's an underrated pass catcher. 
He'll get you volume. He'll work at the goal line. Yeah, that's he needs the touchdowns because. Well, I guess I could see Fournette being kind of like uh, Melvin Gordon, who had a pretty lousy yards per carry, or at least pretty pedestrian yards per carry in his first three seasons. But we always felt like he was better than that. And if you just look at Fournette's yards per carry, three point three in two thousand nineteen or eighteen, and three point nine in two thousand seventeen. But he scores so many touchdowns, and they really force feed him the ball. You, you you feel like they're going to force feed him the ball again? Oh, of course. I mean, look what the strength of this team is. Yeah. What it, what's yeah. the receiving core? I have good news, by the way. Um, well, this article is from 2014. Uh, <laughs> motorists <laughs> will soon be able to legally drive up to 80 miles per hour on nearly 500 miles of rural rural interstate highway in Wyoming. I had. I oh, thought so I, that's why he went to Wyoming. I, I had. I thought I knew that Wyoming had like really high speed limits, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure they do. I don't know how, You've why. You cracked the case. Yeah, I actually think that there's like a daytime. There is no speed limit during the day in Montana. I think I read really? once. Like you can go as fast as you want as long as you're not like near other cars. You got to be respectful of other drivers. But if you're alone on a long strip, knock yourself out. Hmm. If I'm wrong. Then uh, I don't know. Don't go. Don't take my advice and go driving through Montana. <laughs> the one problem that I've got with Jacksonville loading up on Leonard Fournette, there's definitely going to be games where they're going to try and do that. But they brought in Nick Foles now. They've got a solution to their passing game, and their new offensive coordinator is the guy who got fired for not running Dalvin Cook enough. So yes, they they probably would prefer to be conservative and win games with the run and, and defense. But now, if you know Doug Marone feels like you know, speeding a little bit in his car. Didn't he get? Didn't he tell a story at his latest press conference about getting arrested for speeding while he was a scout? Did am I just making that up? Maybe I don't know. I don't think I'm making that up. I think that actually Wait, happened. But were you being sarcastic? He's a criminal. When you said you're talking about Doug Marone, were, were you being sarcastic when you said that they found the solution to their problems that it's Nick Foles? Or were you no, just... well, he's better than the, pro, the the solution that they had. Yeah, which is Blake Bortles because they just they couldn't trust Bortles. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to trust Nick Foles at least at the beginning of the season until. Foles turns into a pumpkin, and they're going to add another receiver in the draft. But I'm sure they're going to want to unleash DJ Chark do 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 do. And and Didi Westbrook is one of my sleepers this year. I I think he's got great potential. So they don't have to rely on Fournette, but he in in theory or on paper, whatever you want to say, he should be their the genesis of their offense. Yes, but it, it doesn't mean that he's their only guy. Their only choice, right? They can they can definitely lean on Foles more than they did on than on Bortles. And now this is a team that has two third round picks, first, second, and two third round picks, then four, six, and seven. And if the Jaguars take a running back with one of their not won't be a first round pick, I probably won't be a second round pick, but one of their third round picks, that would be pretty interesting to me. And they should. They should. And I think it should, you know, serve as some notice to Leonard Fournette, maybe light a fire under him. Uh, Dalvin Cook, by the way, had four games all year with more than 11 carries, and he was really good in in those games. And he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. If you remove the two games he played against the Bears, he averaged five yards per carry on the season. He's very good. He's very good. Uh, The busts, two wide receivers whose names start with A, Allen Robinson and Adam Thielen. Uh, on different scales, I'm sure, because I know you like feeling better than Robinson. But let's start with Robinson and uh, why you have him as a bust. So uh, the bust I used Fantasy Pro's rankings 
to kind of get a consensus of where some people are being ranked. Uh-huh. And I was surprised that Robinson is being ranked as a top 24 receiver, given what he showed us last year, which was uh, another year of uh, injuries and inconsistent play. And it feels like with a player like him, now he could obviously have another season like that, but we're chasing that 2015 campaign constantly. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. 2016. Or both. Well, I, I think twenty whatever the year after the breakout season was is probably the player who he is. So I, I'm trying to find him on Fantasy Pros. I have a really crappy computer. Just in the consensus rankings. Um, okay, I'm seeing Corey Davis at 25. DJ Moore is 24. Oh, wide receiver 22. So he's going, okay, this can't be real. He's going before. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, it's, I don't know if, how accurate it is, but. No, that's not what I, I was, what I was going to say is he's going before Julian Edelman. Are you kidding me? And Julian Edelman is 23rd in the consensus rankings? Are you kidding me? And this is usually PPR, right? You can sort it either way. Oh, it's standard scoring. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so let me sort by PPR then and see the consensus rankings. Still, that's low for Edelman. Um, While you're doing that, yeah, yeah. The, the year that Jamie's talking about was 2015. He had 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Thank you, Blake Bortles, garbage time quarterback. 2016, on the same amount of targets, 73 catches, 883 yards, and six touchdowns. And I, I think the argument is he's somewhere between there and what he was last year. 55 catches, 754 yards, four touchdowns. The Bears are going to spread the ball around like crazy. It's not that bad of a pace. 55, 754, and 4 in 13 games. Really, the yards, right? Seven but are you drafting that as a top 24 wide That's receiver? No, I no. Think he's an okay are you drafting three. that as a top 30 wide receiver? He's an okay number three receiver, but that's the extent of it. And let me tell you, in PPR, Edelman is 19th in PPR. That Doesn't that feel low? Yes. Like, really low. Uh, then Cooper Cup is 20th, and then Allen Robinson is 21st. Ahead of now, this is, th- th- this is a, a consensus. There are people that could... Have Allen Robinson ranked 10th, for all we know. And look, if he does have that type of season again, uh, I don't see their offense changing very much. So I, I think you're going to get um, still lean on the run, despite losing Jordan Howard. Still spread the ball around to the targets. Anthony Miller should be better in the second season. I hope Trey Burton's better in the second year in Chicago. They're getting Adam Shaheen back. That's another mouth they have to feed a little bit. Okay, can Taylor I just Gabriel's say still there. that Julian Edelman is a sleeper if – He's the 19th wide receiver off the board. I really don't see how he's not a top 12 wide receiver in PPR. I just, I'm sorry, unless he gets hurt. Am I crazy? No, Edelman should be great. Where, do you guys have Edelman top 12? I think he's no. 13th for me right now. 13th? Okay. I have him 16 in PPR. Jamie, you're way too low on him. Terrible. Bum 12. And Adam Thielen. All right, why is Adam Thielen a bust? Um, I think, you know, you look at the, the three-game sample size when they changed coordinator um, uh, going to Kevin Stefanski. Targets came down from a little bit. But I think it's also just, you know, you're, you're looking at it, and hopefully he's still great. I just think you're going to get a little bit of unrealistic expectations for him once again. It's okay. almost like the Allen Robinson concept. He's not going to be as good as he was in his career year. Thielen had a career year last year. He's been very good. I, I think he'll be very good again. I just don't – he was, I think, ranked like in the top 15 maybe. At wide receiver? Yeah, I forget what it was. But, but I don't know. In PPR, I might be okay with that. Huh? Oh, yeah, wide receiver 14 in PPR. Yep. 
I don't think he's too far off from that in PPR because I still think the targets will be there. I don't know if it's going to be nine per game. I'm sure he'll have some games with nine or ten and some games with six or seven, but I still think he's a candidate for five catches a game minimum. It's the touchdowns. He had nine scores last year, career high, 1,373 yards. I'd, but I'd see what, that. I, I, I could still see him getting 1,000 yards and six touchdowns with 85 catches. I oh, guess I, the thing will be is sorry. that we'll find out was the downturn in targets when the coordinator change happened a result of him being hurt right. or as a result of them just not leaning on him to the same extent? Well, and they, it wasn't necessarily not leaning on him, right? It was just throwing, it was just running the ball more? Well, if you look at it over those three games, uh-huh. it was he had 12 targets in three games, which is just a huge downturn for what he was the first 13 games of the season. 10 catches, 137 yards, no touchdowns. In those same three games, Stephon Diggs had 23 targets, so 13 more for him, or excuse me, 11 more for him. 14 catches, 107 yards, and three touchdowns. And Kyle Rudolph had 17 targets, so he was ahead of Thielen as well. 16 catches, 164 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, you know they want to run the ball. Gary Kubiak coming in, he's a guy that likes to use his tight ends as well. Um, It's just a matter of will Thielen be as productive as where he was at his pinnacle last season. Yeah, I, I just um, I don't disagree. I, I I concerned myself that I completely doubted him last year and looked foolish because he came off like 2017. Adam Thielen had 91 catches for 1,276 yards and only four touchdowns. But I mean that's amazing. He's had two straight years with 1,000 with 1,276 yards or more. So I don't want to necessarily doubt him. When would you feel comfortable taking him? Round four. He's going to go round three. Okay. So would you take Edelman over Thielen? Yes. J- Dave? I currently have both Vikings receivers ranked out of Edelman because I don't know if I'm buying into to uh, Minnesota being able to stick with what Mike Zimmer wants. There's going to be games where they're going to have to play from behind. They're going to have to put the ball in the air. So it's funny you say that because I asked Thielen about his numbers last year at the Pro Bowl. And he said, we got into too many games where we were chasing points. I just don't think that's the identity they want to be. I don't think so, anybody wants to be that identity, though. Uh, sure, but they have the defense to do it and a system in place that they don't have to do it. It's kind of why I like Dalvin Cook as much as I do, because I right. think that's kind of what their identity is going to be. Sure. Okay. Goes and then when they hand. do get into those situations, is it going to be all feeling? Like in the Patriots situation, it's kind of hard not to think it's going to be all Edelman, because that's all they have. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, those are some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. We will read some emails about Patrick Mahomes when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Yes, I'll explain what the hell I'm talking about. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Okay, here's an email. And uh, it is from Roy W. What does Adam have against Patrick Mahamas? I listen every day that you guys are on. I have Mahamas in a keeper league where I get to keep four, four players from last year. I have to keep three, but I lose my, my first-round pick if I keep a fourth. The league is not PPR. Tight ends get a point for every catch after five catches. I won the championship last year. I would like to repeat. I honestly think that it won't happen unless I keep Mahamas. The players I have to choose from are James Conner, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, Travis Kelsey, and Mahamas. I also have Damian Williams, who's last on the list. This is not an expert's league, and I truly believe that if I drop Mahamas, he will be drafted with the first pick overall. I could be wrong, but do I take the chance? And Adam, stop the hate on Mahamas. Yeah, so Roy, like, I'm just joking, joking with you. I don't take offense to this email at all. <coughs> I think it's funny, but you did spell Mahomes wrong every single time. There's only one M, M A H O M E S, but that's cool. He could be Patrick Mahomes for this email. I don't hate Patrick Mahomes at all. He might be my favorite player in football. I just, I value stud running backs and wide receivers ahead of him. And if you are keeping three players, um, there are four guys. You should keep Connor, Adams, Beckham, and Kelsey ahead of. Patrick Mahomes or Mahamas. And I don't think anyone on this podcast is going to agree with is going to disagree with that. No. I guess the only question would be is does he say where he's drafting? No. I don't have that info. Throw him back. Yeah, I mean, look And I, let somebody else take him with the first overall pick. You just Because well, there's four soon. there's four keepers, it's not a bad first overall pick. Well, yeah, you, if he keeps, no, it is he, when you've got Connor. No, Devontae, in his situation, in his situation, he should not keep him over those guys. Yeah, for somebody else that's drafting that has three, is three keepers or four keepers. If you keep a fourth player, you lose your first round pick. There's no penalty for the first three. That's what I got from Roy's email. And he's keeping four. He should keep four. Right. So if, if you keep four, Roy, and you keep Connor, Adams, Beckham, and Kelsey, then you could certainly take Mahomes. If he's available with your first pick, right? I mean, then. But sure. he he won't be though, right? He won the league last year, so there's no there's, chance yeah, he's got it. It's hard to imagine he did. It, win the it's different if he was the worst team in the league and he had the number one overall pick. In that case, I would keep only three of those guys, and then your worst case scenario is you just draft the one that you were going to keep anyway, just to make sure that there isn't somebody better let go by another team. Adam, I have some breaking news for you involving your team. Okay. A prominent. Signing by the New York Giants last season has just retired. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, What's the fantasy? Oh, Odell Beckham. <laughs> Do you know how much money Jonathan Stewart made? Because I, I heard this before he came on the air, so I looked it up. Like Do you know how much million? money he made in his career? Oh, in his career, the, Jamie, six, any guesses? Sixty-two million dollars. Lower than sixty-two million, but higher than fifty million. Oh, that's a pretty good hashtag. Guess hashtag Gettleman. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, 55. 51. Oh. $51 million and change. So great job by Jonathan Stewart. At times he was worth plenty of that money, but he's got he's got to get Gettleman like a Rolls Royce or something. Just be a running back and play for Gettleman. Brad from Muncie, Indiana. How about instead of selecting a defense special teams, allow each owner to block two to three quarters of production from an opponent's team each week? 
The owner gets to select the player and the quarter to block, all needing to be done after lineups are set, but before the week's games would ensue. There's a timing issue, perhaps, but here's how it would work. For example, my opponent has Andy Dalton as a quarterback going against the Patriots. I figure they'll be trailing badly toward the end, and Dalton will be flinging the ball a lot. I choose to block Dalton's fourth quarter production. He gets zero points for anything in the fourth quarter. Gives the owner a chance to use their talent in selecting players to block rather than somewhat random output of an entire defense. Yeah, that sounds complicated. It is complicated, but what, what do you think about? Um, yeah, what, what do you think about the concept? Yeah, do we have any other emails? Yes, sure. This is from R- Rivon. Where is he from? Rivon. He's from uh, Brooklyn, New York. Hi, R- Rivon from Brooklyn. This year, I'm going to do mock drafts on the draft app. I'm going to put in like 50 bucks and do like $1 to $5 drafts, like one or two a week. And that way I can mock draft and possibly have a nice little bonus when the season ends. What do you guys think? Also, you guys should do that on the air or get fans involved in that. That way you guys call this early. You can be right on. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't think you guys have ever done a best ball mock draft either. Yes, yes, yes. Good stuff. Uh, Ravon, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Do it on the draft app. I'll give you the promo code in just a second. But they do best ball drafts, and we will talk about best ball. In fact, we were going to do a best ball show a couple of weeks ago, but our guests couldn't make it work. But that is going to happen, I promise. Uh, I don't know if you guys would like to say anything about best ball. I, I wouldn't even touch best ball drafts until after the NFL draft, when I know where all these rookies are going. And then you should get into it. And then again, when after training camp is done and it's the end of the preseason, that's a great time to attack best balls. Okay, next email. Troy from Chico, California. I believe that's where Aaron Rodgers and family are from. Hey, Carl, Alan, Jim, and Gary. Gary was replaced by Doug in the mid-70s. Carl, Alan, Jim, and Gary. Then became Carl, Alan, Jim, and Doug. It's not the A-team, is it? I don't know. I believe those are Minnesota Vikings. Okay. If Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, and Mark Ingram were the— When was the A-team? 70s or 80s? 80s, you baby. Never seen it. Oh, my God. If Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, and Mark Ingram were the only veterans in the 2019 rookie dynasty draft, what pick range should would and should they be selected? So if you put Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, and Mark Ingram as the only veterans with the rookies, when would they be selected? What's the format? I don't know. Half PPR. Why not? Uh... Based on Dynasty, I go Mac 1, Henry 2, Ingram 3. And But how would you rank them amongst, like, Josh oh, Jacobs, Damian Harris, oh, okay. all those um, guys? I think they'd be – I think Henry and Mac would be toward the top. I think Ingram would probably – Middle. Yeah, middle to late first it's gonna round. It's going to depend on where a lot of those guys go. You know, I mean, if you get a situation where, uh, let's just say, you know, Daryl Henderson is the one that goes to Tampa Bay then he's going to be ahead of both these guys. I would tentatively put Henry ahead of Mac, just in case Indianapolis does add another running back in the draft. This one's from No Name. He's from the Walmart headquarters. It's Arkansas, right? Yeah, Arkansas. What's his no, name? We got, we got to call him Sam. Why? Because the founder of Walmart was named Sam Walton. Oh, I didn't know that. I believe. Is that right? No idea. 
How do we not know that? We, we know how who do Walt you not Disney is. How do it's you definitely know Sam because that? that's Sam's club. Oh, really? Sam that's the same company? Yeah. Hmm. He wow. founded the retailers Walmart and Sam's Club. Okay, well, Sam from Walmart headquarters is the commish of a 12-team Superflex Dynasty League. What are your thoughts on capping starting quarterbacks in a Superflex Dynasty League? Currently, our league allows three starters plus one taxi. I see the quarterback cap like a salary cap, ensuring parity amongst the league. Subjectivity comes into play with determining who's a starter sometimes, but our rule is to stay under the quarterback cap by the time waivers run each week, and I will make the subjective calls on Tuesdays. Isn't this complicating things again? Why don't you just make it where you're only allowed to carry three quarterbacks? Well, um, I think if you have a taxi squad, then if you want to stash somebody, you can stash somebody there. But what are the rules going to be for stashing somebody? It's got to be somebody who enters the week or as a backup. That you don't play them. If you, as soon as you activate them, then they can't go. Yeah, we, we have that in our dynasty league. We well, it's two like spots it's, like that. Uh, the in our the first thing league. I thought of with this is like, you know, most fantasy baseball leagues, or at least the ones I play in, we have only 10 pitchers, but you can have guys on the injured list that are still pitchers. Right. But, right, right. Of course, there's no injured list in football typically, but there's this taxi. Well, you can use an injured list in football. Like, my, one of my keeper leagues, we have an injured list. In another one, like Dave mentioned, the dynasty league that we're in, you have taxi squad. Right. Uh, actually, both, both, Dynasty leagues I play, and we have taxi squad. So it it's essentially like if you wanted to, let's say, stash Baker Mayfield last year, or Sam Darnold, any of the rookie quarterbacks last year, the minute that you activate them to play them, they can no longer be back on your taxi squad. So if you're carrying, in this case, you'd be carrying four quarterbacks. You have to cut one. I'd be down with that. Okay, cool. And I, I would amend it to that the taxi squad quarterback could be any quarterback where you can carry them no, as your fourth quarterback. No, that's not how taxi squads work. It's got to be something. It's got to be a rookie. I mean, that's usually how most of them go. Why couldn't it be Tyrod Taylor? Again, the one we play because he's, he has a chance to play in any moment's notice. So that I think you, you're the idea of keeping a guy on a taxi squad is that you're reserving the right to hold him in a, in a situation. It, it, I mean, you could do it okay. that way. It just complicates things. I think if you, just no, I think it, it makes it easier. If no, you've got a guy on your taxi no, squad, because, no matter who it is. Yeah, but you can't use them. Unless you take them off, and then, it, just like you said, you got to cut another quarterback. It's the perfect thing to do if you've got Philip Rivers and you want to have his backup, and you just throw the backup on. Because what if Tyrod Taylor goes into a game to mop up in the fourth quarter? Then he's ineligible from being on the tag. No, squad. that didn't make sense what I was saying. But I, I think the idea is just you, you want to stash young players that don't necessarily have to play on your fantasy. Uh, somebody, my, one of my teachers in high school told me that the only word that is the same in every language is taxi. And I don't I don't know that could be true. Is it no? Mm. Yet. Yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that's true. Somebody look it up for us. Uh last by the way, uh Selena Gary McClintock and Jonah, that was the greeting that's from Veep, which I've seen like once and it was very funny. Jake Jason from anywhere of Adam's choosing. Ooh, Jason is from Council Bluffs, Iowa. Hey, Nymeria, Ghost, and Grey Wind. Is that, there's no Grey Wind, is there? Grey Worm. No, Grey Wind is one of the direwolves. One of the ghosts? Oh, one of the direwolves? Okay. Well, he's dead, then. They don't all have to be alive. Spoilers! Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm in a 10-team. Then, then give your terrible take. Okay. I'm in a 10-team, two-quarterback league, three receivers, two running backs, one flex, Non-PPR, Dynasty. I have a ton of running back depth. 
What did you say? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's really not that much, I guess. It's a dynasty standard scoring 10-team, two-quarterback league with three wide receivers. Okay. Uh, I am being offered Kenny Galladay for either Aaron Jones and my 2020 second and third round picks or Marlon Mack and my 2020 second and third round picks or Derrick Henry and my 2020 first round pick. So would you give up any of Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, and Derrick Henry plus draft pick compensation to get Kenny Galladay? He has Saquon Barkley, Mixon, Mack, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and Damian Williams and could use some help at receiver. Who are his receivers? Well, not bad, actually. Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Parker. It's pretty damn good, except obviously not as deep. I'm looking for a better receiver than Galladay. Galladay and Dynasty is a top 10 receiver. So you're getting probably fair value for this. The problem is, is that could you potentially try and flip Damian Williams first? I have a question. Is Michael Thomas a top 10 receiver in Dynasty? He's top three or maybe number one. Amari Cooper? Galladay may have a little bit more upside. T.Y.? Galladay's younger. I think your receivers are, are fine the way it is right oh, now. Oh, it's, it's a very good receiving core, but he has to start three, and he really only has three. Yeah. So, plus you could play him as flex. I think I so, would do it for, for man. Oh. I would, I, if, if you could get rid of Derrick Henry, the problem is you, I, I wouldn't want to give up the pick. Mm-hmm. Can you get a pick back with Galladay? Because Henry, like to me, two? feels like he's an injury waiting to happen. All right, so if you that's had to choose, funny, that's the way I feel right, about Mac. If you had to choose one of these three, it's it's Aaron Jones or Marlon Mack plus a twenty twenty second and third round pick, or it's Derrick Henry plus a twenty twenty first round pick. Because ideally, we'd like to give up Henry, but you, but you got to up the draft pick. Yeah, I mean, this is the sliding scale of what these guys are. Jones is better than Mack. Mack is better than Henry in Dynasty. So you so, know, you have so to give up more. So then it sounds like Mack would be your huh? answer. It sounds like if you were going to do one of them, you'd do Mack. I would. Rather flip Henry, but I'd rather flip Henry in a second. But I'm not. I'm not giving you that hypothetical scenario. I'm giving you what is being presented to us. If this is the scenario presented to Jason, then I would trade Mac. But I would probably try and lop off one of the picks. Yeah, I I can't do any of these trades. I'm zero for three. I don't. I I wouldn't do any of them. I think you can. I mean, it's you might be losing the trade, but you're benefiting your team. Galladay and Dynasty is leaps and bounds better than Marlon Mack and Derrick Henry. But not Aaron Jones? He's not leaps and bounds better than Aaron Jones, but he's better than Aaron Jones. I don't think Jones is that much better than Mack and Henry. I, I think the potential is there, but it, to me, Jones and Mack are basically the same guy. Well, it's the same conversation. Yeah. But And it's still a lot. It's still too much. Are we maybe I'm, assuming a little bit too much on Kenny Galladay? He's not exactly I, th- I, th- I love Kenny Galladay. Me too. I think it's too much. Galladay, again. In Especially Dynasty, for you know, this guy's you, team. You, you're talking about a guy entering his third season with still... I think a lot of room for growth. I think I'm more concerned about Stafford than Galladay. You know, sure, but then they could always find another quarterback to come along. Yeah, they grow on trees. Target on target Galladay. Well, listen, <laughs> throwing to a six foot four receiver, it's yeah. not that hard no, to I do. Like okay, uh, so Game of Thrones spoiler: you can turn off the, you can stop listening if you want. No, it's we're we're two days in already. Okay, but if you don't want to hear, I you know I just yeah I was bored. I was bored and. It was an uneventful episode. It was setting up. But this is now, we have a six-episode season. And they have spent each of the first two episodes just setting up the season. Like, stop. Well, you know, you know the third episode is going to be basically one and a half. 
Yeah, it's going to be what we want. It's going to be a big no, bloody no, battle. No, no, what you want because you're a simpleton. Um, <laughs> you have to see things blow up. That's, that's the way it is for you. I'm, no, no, I'm that's not true. That's you, just you not true. You love the beginning part of the series. That's just not true. Like, yeah, the people were th- because I didn't like the second episode. People are thinking that. What I don't like is that Game of Thrones over season seven and now season eight has just done a really bad job cramming too much stuff all at once. They're they're, they're just very slow to develop, and when what they was, don't, what were they cramming in though? No. Well, that's the thing. Now they have to cram in a full season into four episodes because all they've done for the first two seasons is recap. The first For seven sure. seasons of the se- of the series, but they weren't recapping anything. They recapped everything. They what said, were they recapping yesterday? I'm they were this. Having, they, I'm that. I'm you, Gendry. You, I'm I'm Baratheon's son. You had I'm, I'm, you had you had people that have either never been on camera together, or have not been on camera together for seasons. Right? When's the last time Arya and Gendry on on? I camera know, together? but that's the thing. Like they 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 took the time. To catch everyone up on oh, Gendry's history. Oh, they're supposed to rip each clothes off and just go at it. Yes, I already know that that he is Baratheon's son. I don't need him to tell to. But, tell but again, me that. you have to put yourself in the scenario of where it is. I thought two two things that I thought were were interesting. Um, one of our former colleagues, Nick Costas, he tweeted that you got a chance to hang out with all these people on what could be the last night of their lives. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't care. And, this. This. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. And. Uh, um. Why am I blanking on uh, – is it Chris Long? The defensive end? Yeah, Chris Long. I'm forgetting which long it was. Uh, he said it, you're, you're in – he put it in football terms. Like you're in a locker room on a 1-14 team and you're about to go out and play the best team in the league and you're just trying to figure out a way to either enjoy yourself before that happens and find a way that you could potentially find a way to win. Yeah, so I guess overall, I ha- I don't like, really I don't have. How you didn't like the dialogue, the conversations. That were that was it. I I really didn't. I really wasn't blown away by it. I I don't know what it was. I I just don't think the writing is is good. But this episode was. I didn't think so. Like a lot of people felt the way you feel. I think more people feel the way you feel than the way I feel. I just. I'm I thought shocked it was by you though. Like, I thought it was the ordinary. Thing you liked about the show was. Yeah, really creative, great dialogue, just stuff you never hear before, and I just. I find myself playing along at home, and I can almost guess the lines from a lot of the characters. Like, I just think it's very basic now. Tormund's story was Tormund's great. Yeah, he epic. was the best part. He the, was the best. The part. exchange between the Hound and I forget the guy's name, the blind guy with the the Lord of Light. Yeah, also very very clever, very funny. Um, I don't know, man. I just uh, I was bored by it, and uh, I'm just not impressed with the writing anymore. I and that's what the hell do I know about writing? But it's just not doing it for me. Did you notice that uh, Ghost was there in one of the yeah. scenes? I didn't notice yeah. that. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Big ass dire wolf. Oh, sorry, cursed. Big huge dire wolf just sitting there, and I didn't even notice. Okay, Jamie, thank you for chatting with me. I'm I'm definitely getting the impression that you are really just like a a basic casual viewer of this show, while Jamie probably. No. How many times have you watched the last episode? Twice, I, three I have not times? watched the the two latest, the two season eight episodes at all yet. I'm still going back. Wait a minute, you rewatch. How do you rewatch. know what's happening? Yeah, I watched them, watch them again. Oh, okay. Right. I, I'm going back through, still watching the yeah. So seasons. you're like the so, diehard Game of Thrones fan. So I'm when I'm the like, Renaissance Fair comes to town, you're going to be dressing no. up as Jon Snow. No, I'm reliving. Brienne. Do you have an Iron Throne in your house? As the, uh, my toilet, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm reliving it <laughs> as it happens. So some of the conversations are a little redundant to me, but 
that's because I'm watching them almost simultaneously. Like I just got through season six, episode three, I think it is, where they just bring Jon Snow back to life. Uh huh. Is it three or two? I don't remember. I thought I, I think I they don't can know. bring people back to life on this show. Yeah, he's yeah. So so I think that that like in the ep- first episode of season eight, there's the moment where um, Daenerys meets. Oh, I think I said this to you uh, off the air. Daenerys meets Samwell and reveals what she did to his family. And yeah. I thought that was a very poorly delivered scene. I, I was laughing. I thought it was funny. And it shouldn't have been. And ordinarily, Game of Thrones would have taken more time to have Samwell find out from somebody else. There would have been this feud simmering between two important characters. But no, because they wasted six seasons developing the story so damn slowly, they're cramming so much into season seven and eight. And you get this scene where Daenerys just tells Samwell what happened. He reacts. This That storyline is done right now, as it appears. He then goes and tells Jon Snow, we have now had four reveals of the same thing about Jon Snow's bloodline. It is so... Uh, well, I'm done with it's, it. It's, where, where's the fourth? Yeah, last night, or Sunday night. What we the, had the end of season six, the end of season seven, which was so stupid, with Bran going back in time and that being dumb. The first episode of season one, where Samwell tells Jon... The second of season eight, sorry. The second episode of season eight, where John tells Daenerys, it's it's enough already. It, it's it's sloppy, it's lazy, and the show is getting worse. And I'm glad it's ending. Please end on a good note. <laughs> now it's now it seems like I how, hate how, Game of Thrones. How would that, you do, you how do, would that ending be? How would you, you like realize, to say that? You do realize that Sunday, uh, for episode three. There's going to be so many people upset with all the people who get killed. I don't care about who gets killed. I, I hope they the all die? get killed. I hope the, White Walkers, the White Walkers are right Yes, right. because it would be the ballsiest <laughs> ending to a show ever. That's what Game of Thrones should be. It was the gutsiest, edgiest, most unpredictable show. If it, if it still has so any be, of that so left. I have no idea what happens. But if, if in fact, uh, they kill the Night King next week. You'll be, he'll, he'll be devastated. No, he'll I be, won't. He's rooting I, for the bad guys. I, I, not necessarily. I my my thoughts about Game of Thrones are much more positive overall than what I've been spewing right now. I just I don't think I think season seven was garbage, and I don't think season eight has been that much better. I I honestly I, I don't necessarily disagree with you on season seven. I'm surprised though, like that last week's episode is the one that you're so upset because I thought you in particular would like it because it was different conversation outside of the reveal again. Right, but the, the the stuff in the in the room by the fire was amazing. That conversation was. You know great. what was amazing? Show me the way to go home was amazing. That three guys figuring they're about to die on that boat singing that song that was amazing. That that was so much better. This was the Game of Thrones show me the way to go home moment, and it wasn't even close to that iconic scene. That is my that is my final answer. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> right, we got to go. Thank you for letting me rant. I do appreciate that. And please don't hate me, everybody. Also, um, Jamie, Dave, my wife wants a Ben & Jerry's cake for her birthday. Should she get brownie filling or cookie filling? What does she want? She, we put it out to a Twitter poll, and it was 51% to 49% with like 2,000 votes in. What does she want? She doesn't know. That's why I did the poll. If you, you had to go to the grocery store her, and buy her... her I would do yeah, cookie. Why, why don't you get her two She's picking out her... Over. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been Fantasy Thrones today. We'll talk to you Friday.